I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. You know, I'm always impressed when someone overcomes unbelievable odds to accomplish something amazing like publish a book. And my next guest, Hannah Corbin, is one who truly amazed me. When I read her book and learned of all of the things that she's come up against, one word comes to mind, overcomer. She's one that truly embodies a quote that I once heard by Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She said, the most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depth. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. But I'm thankful for the opportunity to have met Hannah and to have learned more about her journey and her book. She calls herself at one point the queen of failures, but she's a huge winner in my book by all that she's overcome. So if you are a person that maybe has had a challenging past and you want to use your journey to inspire others, I pray that you will listen and allow Hannah's words of wisdom and her transparency to encourage you to write words. Enjoy. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us on Publishing Secrets today. Looking forward to having a great conversation with you about your book and your journey to becoming an author. I love the title of your book, but I'm not going to give it away just yet. I want us to talk about it and share it with the audience. So why don't we start there, share with us the name of your book, and then tell us about who you had in mind as you were writing the book. Absolutely. Well, the name of the book is Flying by the Seat of My Pants. And honestly, what I had in mind when I was writing the book was people that were young adults, people that were teenagers, people that were a little bit older, that were in their marriage, that had, you know, hit the battlefield, hit that ground running, and they thought everything was going to be normal and okay. I had, you know, the 25-year plan, so everything was going to be great, but then it ended up literally just like the title of the book. I started, it used to be a thing for my sister, that she was a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of person, and I always made fun of her, thought it was hilarious, because she could just up and go, and then I started to realize, you know what? This is kind of how my life is up and going. I made fun of her, and I (laughs) had all these jokes, so now... I'm getting a good taste of what flying by the seat of your pants is. And that's kind of where it, where it came from. But it's based towards people who are struggling. 
but Christians who are struggling to know that it's okay to struggle. So that's kind of where my area of influence, I hope, is to be. Yeah, that's so awesome. You know, a lot of times, Hannah, people think that, you know, when you become a Christian, that it's going to make life easy. And so I think it's, (laughs) right, that's laughable, right? But it's refreshing to have someone like you that's able to say, hey, you know what, being a Christian doesn't make things easy, but your relationship with Christ makes things possible. And so being able to kind of roll with the punches, as you said, fly by the seat of your pants is something that we all have to learn. So I'm curious, though, I know as an author, you know, a lot of times you're you're spending time like trying to figure out what is the right title, what am I going to call this? How did, you know, settling on this title happen for you? Honestly, I had a couple of different titles. Um, I think my original title was going to be All the Things I Wish I Knew Before I Turned 30. And then I think I changed it to Mule. And then we just kind of, my dad and I were talking. And Mule is actually in the book. And you, I, if you've read it or if you read it, you'll understand what Mule means. But my dad and I were kind of talking. And we were talking over titles because I was really going to hit this. And I was going to hit it hard and do it well. And it just came up and he says, well, your life's kind of like this. And so I was like, you know, really everything that's happened, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't prepared for this. So when it comes to my relationship with the Lord, it's more or less been a fly by the seat of your pants because I make my plans and he takes over and says, nope, you're coming with me. So that's kind of how everything really came down to it. And I was like, this is just that's the click. That's where I know that this is the right way. This is the right one. So I love it. And I think it's so appropriate for the book. So I know that many in our listening audience are going to want to, to check it out. What I also appreciate about your book is its humor. I found myself <laughs> laughing at several points throughout your book, even though it was some challenging circumstances that you faced and that you talked about. Sometimes it were it was things that was happening to you. And then sometimes it was things that you admit, hey, I got a little bit off track here. So I just know that so many are going to be able to relate to this story. Let's talk a little bit more about how you got to the point of writing the book. What inspired you to take, again, very personal experiences and to document them in your book? Well, to be a long story short, I have been writing since I was 12 years old. I used to be a poetry ambassador. I used to have stories that I come up with. Fantasy was my jam. But I never finished it. I never finished anything I started. And that was always a struggle for me. And as you read the book, you'll understand more of what I'm going through more recently. I always struggled because I, again, had all of these plans, had all of these things that I wanted to do. I have a year of college under my belt. I didn't finish. I didn't get my degree. And I just never finished anything. And it came to my mind, well, what am I good at? What am I, what am I here for? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to be doing with my life? And as I sat down and I really started to think about because I had sat down to write, oh gosh, if you look through my old computers, we've got probably 16, 17, 18 different novels that I had started or poetry mm-hmm. stories. 
and I just never finished it. And December of last year, I really was trying to figure out what can I do to help my family. We're a one-income family. I am severely disabled, but I don't qualify for disability, quote unquote. So I was trying to think, what can I do from home? I'm a stay-at-home mom. What can I do? And every single person that I ever shared, at least one of the stories from my book and my testimony with, they're like, man, you should write a book. Man, you should write a book. And I'm not kidding. It was literally every time I would share my testimony, you should write a book. And finally come December, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to write a book. And God just, with that flying by the seat of your pants bit, God just laid it out. I had always, my whole life, I thought it was just one of those niche things. I wanted a little mini 11-inch computer so I could take it with me and be that that girl in Starbucks working on her memoirs. I wanted to be that. That was me. Okay, I know. Cringe. (laughs) But I got my laptop. Again, one-income family, so that was a little bit of a struggle, but God worked it out. And it just seemed... The more and more I got there, it seemed that God got me to that point where he's like, okay, you're ready to tell your story. Because honestly, mm. if I had told it beforehand, it probably wouldn't have been what it is now. So, mm. Wow. There are so many nuggets in that. Wow. There's so many. I, I, I hardly know if we have enough time to tackle them, but let's talk about it briefly. So growing up, having a desire to write, but you also talked about transparently that you had trouble finishing. And I think that's huge for the audience to hear from you as well is just because you've had a past where you may have struggled to finish what you start doesn't mean that this time has to be like all of those other times. This can be the time that is different. You can finish it. So let Hannah's story be an encouragement to you that you can change that you can rebound and you can finish what you start. I also love how you talked about just, you know, one-income family. It could have been easy to say, well, we can't afford to do this. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, get this. But you trusted in God to make a way for you to move forward and to share your story with the world. And I think that's really important for the audience, too, is when God calls you to something, He's going to make the way. He's going to make the provision for you to do it. So we just have to be open, right, so that we can see where God is working and follow him there. So, wow, so, so powerful. So you make the decision that you're going to write this book, and you actually finish it. So you've accomplished something, even proven to yourself, hey, I can't do this. But let's talk a little bit about the journey to getting there. Was that an easy process from the time that you decided to write the book until it got published, or did you find that there were challenges along the way? (laughs) There's definitely challenges. I I will say this, through it all, when I got to that final chapter and I I hit enter and it was done and I had typed the end, I'll get to that in a second, but there was definitely challenges. When I started it, I had literally telling part of the book, but I literally just started my seizures. So I have a non-epileptic seizure disorder. We still don't know what it is or why it is. And the process and the plans that I had were to be that niche girl that was sitting in Starbucks writing her memoir. That was, that was the plan I had. But then everything kind of changed. And I went from being able to drive to not being able to drive at all by myself 
and I went from being a perfectly normal, relatively, <laughs> normal is a, is a <laughs> questionable term, <laughs> perfectly normal person, I had my issues, I still have my issues, but I was able to get up and do stuff to where I had days where I was laying in bed because I couldn't roll over because I was in so much pain. So a lot of times mm -hmm. I had questions of, am I going to finish this? I started this. Am I going to finish it? Is it going to be another one of those that goes halfway? And I would be working on it all the time whenever I was around my dad because we still had to do the regular errands we had to do. And we'd go sit in the library waiting for my kids to get out of school. And I'd be working on My dad's like, okay. Because he knows I'm long-winded. He's like, okay, what chapter are you on now? 445? And I was like, no, 772. <laughs> There's 36 chapters, so I think. I don't remember. I have a book over there. I, anyways, so there's only 36 chapters, but it's 77,000 words. So I, I'm very long-winded. Yes, I know. So I got kind of picked on a lot, but I know that he was proud of me that I was actually going to complete something, hopefully. But I don't know if he expected me to actually finish it, but when I did, he was, he was very proud. But yeah, there was definitely... Always then when it came to publishing, we had to decide, okay, again, one income family. Are we going to be able to afford this? So we ended up, I called around, called a bunch of different people, called a bunch of different publishers, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, we'll work with you for like, oh, um, six grand. And I'm like, one book? Six grand? One income family? <laughs> we don't make that in two months. Are you kidding? Six grand? Is this ever really going to happen? And finally, I just found the right one. And when I got plugged in with them and we decided, okay, we're going to take a tax return and we're going to do this. This is really happening. We're going to do this. Got plugged in with them. It was smooth sailing and it, it's published. It's out there. Yes, congratulations. I've got my copy right here. It did happen despite the obstacles, despite the challenges you were able with God's help to get there. So let's talk a little bit about how faith played a role in this process. So you talked a lot about God in flying by the seat of your stands and in our conversation today. How did your faith help you as you went through this process of writing a book? Whew, um, well, when I originally started writing the book, I wanted it to be funny. I wanted it to be my story, but I just kind of wanted it to be funny, kind of, you know, out there transparent, because my thing was, it's okay to not be okay. And I wanted to make sure people knew that, because one of the things I talk big time about in the book is the mental health stigma. And I have struggled with mental health, I struggle with multiple issues. But as I was writing it, it really turned into something different. I started including scriptures, I started including at the end of every chapter, okay, this is what happened, but this is how God, but God but God, but God, in every chapter. And it really turned into something that I realized it wasn't about me. It was more about getting his message out there and helping other Christians who are struggling, who may be, you know, planted in the rocks or and not planted in the good soil, but planted in the rocks and mm -hmm. are struggling and their roots aren't very deep, but they still love the Lord, but it, it's come to a hard time. My dad always told a story of a guy on an airplane. So he gets on the airplane and a flight attendant comes to him and says, hey, put this parachute on. It's going to make your life so much easier. Everything's going to be so much better. So he puts the parachute on. He's like, great. Okay. I want my flight to be easy. This is awesome. 
then he starts to notice people are looking at him funny and, and people are kind of, you know, sniggering at him and, and thinking it's funny. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to notice that it's sitting funny and it's not comfortable. And he's like, this is supposed to make my flight better. And then down the line comes the lady with the coffee cart and she accidentally spills because his parachute's on. She accidentally spills the coffee all over his lap. He jumps up and goes, oh, oh my gosh, this is horrible. This is bad. This is the worst thing ever. I can't, I don't want it. And he throws it off. But the different part of that story is there's another situation where the flight attendant comes up to the man that's sitting there and says, hey, when we reach 100,000 feet, this plane is going down. We're going down. We're going to crash. Wear this. It's going to save your life. And so he's like, yeah, man, give it to me. I want it. So he puts it on, and he notices people sniggering and laughing. He's like, I got a parachute on. I'm going to be fine. I don't care what they say. It's okay. Notice it's a little comfortable. Yeah, well, it's going to be a lot more comfortable when I'm, you know, floating through the air instead of going down in a bunch of flames. So, hey, I'm great. This is fine. So the flight attendant comes down the line. She accidentally trips over the parachute, and she spills hot coffee on him. He jumps up and says, man, I can't wait to get off this plane. And it's kind of, that's the story. And that, that really kind of played a big part in writing the book and realizing, okay, you know, it's not about how great it's going to be. It's not that God is the sugar daddy in the sky. It's not that at all. It's having a relationship with the Lord. It's having and knowing that when everything goes to pot, you know where you're going and you know who you, who you are. And that was really what it started turning into. And it really kind of surprised me because it just went a completely different direction. I was like, okay, God, this is yours. I'm giving it to you. Here you go. Mm. So. Wow. Yeah. And that's really great for you to share too, because I know as I've worked with clients, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I thought I was going to write this and then the story seems to be going in this direction. And sometimes that can be a point of confusion for the author, but what you have shared is just a valuable nugget, you know, kind of trust where God is leading you lean into that. It may look a little bit different than how you thought it was going to look, but it will end up turning out exactly as it should, you know, because to your point, it's not about us. It's about the audience that we are designed to reach. So God knows exactly what they need to hear. So often it's our book but it's the audience's story. It has to be written in a way that really resonates and connects with them. So I'm so glad that you followed that leaning and it turned out to be a great book. So I'd love to know from you, Hannah, I mean, certainly there were challenges along the way, financial challenges that you had to overcome, physical challenges that you had to overcome. What made it all worth it? in the end for you, being able to get this this first book knocked out? Honestly, if you go on Goodreads, I have about 29, 30 some odd uh, reviews on Goodreads, and it was one of my childhood friends that um, wrote a review about my book, and when she started writing it, I was almost in tears, because I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. She said, "It, it, it sounds like I'm sitting down with her in a coffee shop. And we're talking and she's sharing and she's real. She's raw. It's honest. It goes over stuff that nobody wants to talk about. And it, and it blessed my heart. And when I read that, I was like, this is literally without telling her, I just, she just bought my book. 
this is literally exactly, exactly to, I couldn't have written it better, what I wanted mm. for my book was to have this be the outcome. But one of the other amazing things that made it all worth it is when I finally got my books in for my publisher and I held it in my hand, I cried. <laughs> I know a lot of people may laugh, but I cried. Yeah. So I was like, wow, my life, in my life, I have never accomplished something this mm-hmm. monumental other than my children and my relationship with the Lord and my marriage to my husband. I have never done something for me, for the Lord. I have never been able to accomplish something this monumental. And here it is, this two and a half, three months of work, this years and years of dedication and dreams that I never thought were going to come true Mm -hmm. is sitting in my hand right here, right now. It's all real. It's not just a dream. This is in my hands. I am fixing to sell my first book to my first person. I'm giving my book to my mom and dad so they can read it. My mom was my editor, so she read it all anyways. <laughs> but it was just like, it's real. It's, it's tangible. It's in my mm-hmm. hands. And that was just one of the best feelings ever. Yes, 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 yes. I love, I love both examples, right? You know, hearing from those that have read your book and knowing that it has touched their lives, like mission accomplished, right? The Absolutely. whole reason that I went through all of this has actually happened because someone has been touched by it. But then also just the personal satisfaction of having accomplished a goal, it being not just something that's on the bucket list that I want to do, but I actually followed through and did it. There is such great excitement and a reward just in finishing what you start, right? So that's a huge message for our audience that is listening as well. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on next. So you have book number one under your belt. What are your plans for the future? Well, currently I'm about on chapter eight of book number two. So book number one was kind of my my background story, everything that had happened up until now. And let me tell you, when I say the hits just keep coming, they really do. Just because I wrote the first book doesn't mean the crazy has stopped. It really, currently right now, I'm sitting in the parsonage at my church because we had a sewage spill at my house. So, I mean, the hits just keep coming and coming, and it's still funny. I mean, honestly, you have to laugh because otherwise you'd be crying. But it's still funny, it's still real, and it's, it's dealing with today. It's what's happened since the first book. It's what are the repercussions of the first book uh, 2020 Can, do i need to say anything else other than 2020 yeah. i mean it has hit everybody hard hard and it's really it's just it's all we're all flying by the seat of our pants right now we really are you're right about that <laughs> <laughs> so it's perfect to keep the story going right telling about your experiences inspiring other people and even talking about, you know, it's true. I think this is going to be a year that everyone is going to look back on and have so many things that transpired, some challenges, but also God is still moving in 2020 and the midst of yes. all that we're seeing. So it's one of those years, I think, that we'll never forget. So I know that our audience is, is going to be looking forward to not only checking out the current book, but what is to come. So Talk to us about where we can keep up with you, 
where can we find more information on the book and keep up with you online on social media? My typical handle for everything, I do have a website. It's called hcorbincreativeworks.com. That is my website. It's kind of my jump off point, my base point for everything. That's hooked up to my author page on Facebook. I have an Instagram. If you're looking for me, look for H. Corbin Creative Works. I'm trying to build a brand. I do have a brand. And, you know, I just want people to get to know me. I try to keep things updated and about what's going on lately. I have a few more other little projects on there that if you go to the website, you'll see. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. And just it's, it's a way to get to know me a little bit better. I have uh, my email on there, my Facebook, everything. So H. Corbin creativeworks.com all right publishing secrets family make sure that you head on over to hannah's website check it out follow her on social media so that you can stay up to date on everything that she is working on and what i also think what you'll take away from hannah's website and her journey is that it's okay to have multiple interests and multiple talents that god wants to use all of that so you'll be able to see the different ways that she uses the creativity that God has given her. I know that that's going to also bless many out there. You don't have to pigeonhole yourself into one thing. Use all the gifts and the talents that God has given you. All Um, of the side hustles. All of it. Use all of it. I appreciate you being here with us today and talking about your journey. It's been so inspiring. Even you just sharing that you had to shift to the church to be able to participate in this podcast. I just love your resilience, your (laughs) refusal to allow life to take over and to rob you of your goals and your dreams. And Publishing Secrets Family, that's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to read in this book is a person who is determined. It's going to give you that fire, that determination that you need to keep going. And, um, With that, Hannah, I just want to, before you go, because you're the perfect person for this assignment, you know, our podcast is for people that are trying to to finish what they start. They have the idea, but sometimes they really struggle to to sit down and actually write. Or they may have started writing, and then they hit a rough patch, and they've gotten off course, and maybe even on the verge of giving up on their dream to write and publish a book. What is the number one piece of advice that you would give that person today? Two words. Write words. Get it down on Mm. paper. Everything that is going through your head, all of your ideas, just sit down and write. Don't worry what it says. Don't worry about your grammar. Write. Write your words. Get your thoughts on paper because you can always go back and edit. But just get it out there because it, it take 15 minutes. Write. I am going to write right now. I am going to write for 15 minutes. I am going to get words on paper, set a goal, and do it. And then get up and back away and move off and just go from there. But just write words. Get it on paper and do your best because you can do this. It is possible. If I can do it, the queen of failures, you can definitely do it. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to encourage and inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. 
In order to stay up to date on our episodes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you will be notified. And if this episode has been a blessing to you, do me a favor, rate and review. Until next time, God bless.